Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com. It is December 1st, 2021. This is your AEW Dynamite review, and you're watching Fightful. We got Alex Palowski here. Alex made his time yesterday. It is it did. A, a crowning achievement. It was like, when I saw this, I was like, Shawn Michaels winning <laughs> the title at WrestleMania 12. Um I was ready to edit that audio. I looked at Alex and Kate like they were Earl Hebner, and I said, get the fuck out of my ring. <laughs> and I edited and uploaded that audio. Alex, how you doing? Good, good. With with eight and a half minutes to spare. We we would have we would have been on earlier, but Kate, because she was high on being on being tweeted yeah. at by CM Punk, decided to do half of the pipe bomb. I was like, we don't have time for this. We gotta make a deadline. But, you know, we love Kate. Robert DeFelice, how you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I don't know if we should celebrate that Alex is making his time just because NXT is getting worse by the week. <laughs> well, you know what? If you guys like those super long reviews, uh, Alex and Kate will be doing a bonus NXT War Games review on Sunday. Myself and Denise will be doing the, the review on Fightful. But on Fightful Select, Alex and Kate will be over there. And that's not all you're getting at Fightful Select. Today, I broke some news about Johnny Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly, and WWE's interest in retaining them. Uh, it is the beginning of the month, and I had tons of people hit me up and uh, say uh, this didn't auto-renew. In fact, four times as many people had their auto-renew mess up. So you might want to check that. Make sure you're still subscribed. Uh, Patreon absolutely sucks, and I am aware of this, but that's the platform we're on. So head over to FightfulSelect.com and subscribe. I also have some Raw producers. 
I'm going to have an awful lot about WWE's negotiation process uh, on Fightful Select this week. Going to have some more on Big Swole leaving AEW, which is what we're going to kick off this show with. Uh, we'll have more on that on FightfulSelect.com. But it was announced yesterday, uh, Big Swole leaving AEW. Her deal is up, and it was not renewed. Alex, did this surprise you? Yes and no. I mean, I know she's dealing with health things and has been. I don't know if that's the the reason for it or not, but it but but it her message seemed like I'm gonna take some time away to deal with some stuff, and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's specifically it. Um, uh, but it, it because we, because as is her right, she was very private about that kind of stuff. Um, we never really knew when she was um, out because of was because of her Crohn's disease or just not being utilized properly. And so we did because we didn't know which was which at any which time. I always thought that she had something that the women's division could really use a lot more of, and that's just naked charisma. Like she's just she washes out, and you go like, I really am interested in this person and what they have to say, everything they have to do, because she just oozed that that whole yeah. kind of like just watch me, everyone watch me, and the stuff she did on on dark and dark elevation, like was always that those kind of matches that she had. But I was like, why aren't we seeing more of that on dynamite? If she's healthy enough to wrestle on dark, she should be wrestling on dynamite. But I, I, I listen wherever, if she, if she wants to take some time away, God bless her, wherever she wants to go, she, she has the potential to be a star. She's really, really good. Yeah. She's going to my... end up getting a following wherever she goes. And I think that, it's shocking, and because we don't know how much of it is health-related, I'm interested to see if we see more of the lesser-used on Dynamite names not have their contracts renewed. Yeah, uh, we're, we're probably going to see more of that. I'm working on finding out more. I'm working to find out more about when AEW contracts expire. Of course, Fightful Select will have that. There has not been a, a site on the internet that's done better at following up on, on contract stuff then Fightful Select this year, obviously CM Punk, uh, Brian Danielson uh, leaving WWE, uh, Owens, O'Reilly, Gargano, just just tons of them. Uh, you can hear myself and Righteous Reg of Grapsity talk more about that in Not the List in Your Boy today. Uh, it was a great show. Make sure you guys check that out. But if you're here, please leave a thumbs up on this video. I can't tell you how important that is to us. And if you want to support us and get your question or statement read on the air, you can head over to humperchats.com. All you got to do is have a PayPal set up and you can link right to it. Uh, that is the most direct way to support us on this show. But you can also donate a super chat on YouTube. But we do encourage the Humper Chat and we have the link pinned at the top. And uh, also Drew down there helping push it. Jambeard says Sean forcing Kalex to cut their karaoke time to two hours or less is the biggest heel move in wrestling media. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what the biggest heel move is. Us getting one-star reviews on iTunes <laughs> oh. because they did a three-hour review. By the way, guys, please head over to Apple and leave us positive reviews. I can't tell you how important that is, especially when people are like, one-star, three-hour review. They could just like not, not listen, listen to the whole thing. <laughs> like... <laughs> We try and put all of the fun stuff at the end so you can just stop listening, you know? So uh, let's go ahead and get into this review, guys. Brent Lockman says, CM Wick, Miro in Purgatory, Cody in Flames. 
I don't know what kind of drugs Tony Khan is on, but he's rude for not sharing. Well, let's kick it off. You got Hangman Page, or as the Winter is Coming graphic says, Wangman Page. Have you seen this, Alex? I, I saw the graphic, but I must have missed the font. Oh, buddy, I'm gonna I'm gonna upload it. But he comes out, he's doing Wangman shit, of course. Um, you know, making sure that that he's still getting those reactions. But I'm gonna I'm gonna show you guys. Oh, come on now. Yeah, that's a that's 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 a that's choice. Bad. That's that a looks choice. like Wang Man. It sure does, and it's the only weird one in the bunch. Like, just don't have the H have the same up and down thing as the A crossbar. That's just just change yeah. that. <laughs> just go across. <laughs> just just go straight across, man. That's Wang Man and Drunielson. <laughs> oh, right there. I love it. I love it. Uh, so he's out and I loved how they prefaced this. I love that Tony Khan was like, if hangman or Wangman leaves the announce table, he gets fined. Good. You gave him a reason not to. So what we get is Alan angels in the, the, the venue that he graduated high school from against Brian Danielson and Brian Danielson is on such a role right now. A few things that I'm really liking. The crowd loves him. They adore him, but they want to go on this ride because they love Hangman and they love Dark Order and they love Brian Danielson enough to where this crowd is like, we're going to boo you for now. But eventually we're not. And <laughs> Brian Danielson is like, you know, it's very sweet that he graduated high school from here, but I'm going to kick his head in. Yeah. Alan Angels called him an asshole in the road too. <sighs> Robert, this is just a simple one-week build and AEW is so good at making me interested in matches in which the, the result has no doubt whatsoever. Good things are good, Sean. And this was a good thing. I think Alan Angels is maybe the weakest of Dark Order in terms of the pecking order. So it's good that Danielson just ran right through him. It's sweet that he graduated high school there. This is probably a bigger moment as the whole building was chanting for him. And that's all you could really want. And Danielson looks like an absolute monster going into two weeks from now. Alex, what did you think of this one? Um, I uh, I thought it, I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was um, I thought you know was one of those things of like um, Danielson will let you get a shot in because he wants to feel something before yeah. he murders you. <laughs> like he'll like he he took a shot. Into the face from Dan from from, uh, from Angels turned around and kind of savored it before before turning around and hitting a vicious European uppercut that nearly knocked his head off. Like it was like, oh, okay, all right, that's something that 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 feels good. I like pain. Let's see if I can deal some out too. Like the, I, I just love this this not a heel, but just I am the absolute best there has ever been, mm -hmm. and there's no reason for me to be humble about it. If I wanted to, I could murder every single one of you with a heel hook. Like, he's just the biggest he was, badass in the world. Like, I tore his MCL, and I know none of you know what that means. <laughs> oh. That's so good. I I, I really uh, in, enjoyed all of this. Um, I, I love that he's just, like, going on a world tour, killing Dark Order, guys. Um, uh, I, I kind of wanted him to, like, call out. I know there's another one of you from over from here. 
10, come out here and get some more work. Just, 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 just start calling out everybody. But, um, but I, uh, one thing I didn't realize that that little road to video showed, I didn't realize Alan Angels is only 23. I know that was a shocker to me. And I'm like, this, this guy's like, cause there's nowhere but up for this guy to go in the pecking order. And like, he's improved so much since his first Kenny match. Like I, I really am I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes within within the uh, the the, uh, uh, the the hierarchy of a of AEW because he is young. We uh, have Normhausen saying at least Alan Angel survived with all of his teeth. Too bad for Danhausen. Yeah. So get this: like most people I interview, like once a year, maybe twice a year. There are some exceptions, like Thunder Rosa, who is in our chat right now, which I'll, I'll get to momentarily, or Danhausen. For example, I interviewed Dan Housen this weekend. I only released my interview from Chicago because I was interviewing him this weekend. And now I learn he's going to be in Lexington in two weeks. So I'm going to interview him again. Like this guy, Dan Housen is responsible for at least one act on this show being more over than they've ever been in their career. So <laughs> lots of love for him. Uh, I'm trying to find Thunder Rosa's chat. Uh, I'll, I'll find that in a moment. Uh, but she had a segment. Uh, yeah, she says Cody was on fire tonight, literally. <laughs> well, uh, Thunder Rosa was too because she got face to face with Jade Cargill and and Smart Mark Sterling and announced that Rosa's student Janai Kai is going to face her Friday on Rampage. Then she cut a scathing promo in Spanish, uh, absolutely went off and uh, basically said that she has no respect for anybody thinks she's the shit because she was the rookie of the year, uh, but she's not. I love this. Thunder yeah. Rosa. And I'll tell you what I love, Robert. Just when Thunder Rosa comes into frame and you hear the live crowd pop like crazy yep. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Thunder Rosa will be on commentary for that match because we're not getting Chris Jericho in commentary. And I think swapping out Thunder Rosa for Chris Jericho in this role is just a phenomenal move for yeah. Friday nights. <laughs> and looking forward to it. I got Thunder Rosa to commit to singing during our next interview. Mm. I didn't know she could sing. And I saw footage of her doing karaoke. I was blown away. Yeah. Blown away. I Alex, this was good stuff, I thought. Yeah, no, it, it was. Uh, one thing I'm really interested in now is like the, the idea of... Um, just doing a little rotating third man on yeah. or woman on the booth, depending on who's who's like, because I, I feel like AEW lets them call the match and doesn't rely on like Tony or X, uh, Excalibur, like asking them 75 questions in five minutes, like they do when there's a guest commentary uh, on a raw match or something. It feels like they're there to provide insight on the person they're feuding with as opposed to like, you know, just screaming heel or face stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jar Lazul says, just became a fightful subscriber. Wondering if you guys uh, think the four pillars will be a stable down the road. The fightful merch is fire. Oh, wait, wait. Do you mean <laughs> this merch, this beautiful hoodie? Oh, you know what? Kind of cold. I think I'll put on a fightful beanie. Uh wow, a sour grap shirt? Yeah, sure that too. How about a how about a fightful t-shirt? How about that? You know what? You know what? Sometimes I wear pants that are really tight and I got to put my phone in a fightful fanny pack. <laughs> Lots more designs over at shop.fightful.com. Tons of colors as well. 
Jambeard gets a cheap shell notice. Sorry. <laughs> Jambeard says Thunder Rosa coming at Jade like that reminded me of a Denise tries to come after Sean before getting <laughs> muted. <laughs> also, no, I don't think the four pillars will ever be a stable unless it's like 10 years down the line. Mm-hmm. Like I could see it way, way, way down the line. We had CM Punk against Lee Moriarty. Let me tell you my favorite part about this is when Punk goes for the Pepsi twist, which is a move that Lee Moriarty has since adopted. And Lee Moriarty reverses it and does his own. That melted my heart. They gave Lee Moriarty an awful lot here. Um, I'll talk about the the actual match in, like before we talk about the MJF aspect of it. That was an amazing spot to me. That was very much like one of these days, the young guy is going to catch up to CM Punk. Mm-hmm. One of them's going to catch him on the jaw and put him out, Alex. And I, I think that's what should happen. I think the first person who beats Punk should be some youngster, like, like a Lee Moriarty or a Wheeler Yuta or a Daniel Garcia or somebody like that to where it makes somebody and Punk like gives them that look like, holy crap. Yeah, um, I mean that's definitely one way to go. Um, my my thing watching this is I, we'll talk more about the MJF thing a bit, but he was on commentary for it, and all the stuff that he was saying felt like he was just calling the match. Like he was talking about how slow Punk looked. He looked like he was tired. Like why? Like he was he was saying some stuff I don't I don't agree with about Lee Moriarty being just a rookie or whatever. But oh, I, I Punk, love the response to that. I loved yeah. Excalibur saying. Max, he's had more matches than right. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's just MJF being MJF. But yeah. if uh, regarding Punk, Punk didn't beat Lee Moriarty so much as he survived him. Yes. Like, like Lee Moriarty had him down for the count a couple of times, and I don't remember a lot of offense from Punk except for a admittedly fantastic veteran maneuver to counter into the GTS. I thought that was really fantastic. But had he not hit that, I don't think he would have won the match. So the, the story that I see playing out for Punk, which I started talking about last week, is that Punk knows that he is a scumbag, but he also yes. really likes getting getting cheered by the crowd. Um, but he also doesn't want to start losing matches. So eventually, he's going to have to cheat or at least take a shortcut to win these matches because he's not winning them with ease. Like QT Marshall last week, he wasn't winning that with ease and, and Lee Moretti this week. He, if he cheats for the first time against somebody like MJF, he knows we're still going to cheer him for it because we hate MJF so much more than we hate CM Punk. But if he cheats against somebody like, I don't know, Hangman, we're not going to cheer him. And then he's going to be like, what, what are you talking about? I thought I was your buddy, Uncle CM Punk. Don't you love me? And then mm-hmm. we can we can go on from there and become this thing where he starts you start seeing little cracks in his I'm just happy to be here thanks for thanks for all coming out and then he starts realizing no 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 I, I'm actually am that scumbag I really am this was phenomenal for Moriarty cuz punk could have had even like you know a 5 minute struggle it would have been enough because the story is he struggled a little bit but Moriarty got in so much that you just know he's going to be a top title contender by next year for the TNT title or something like that. I love seeing that. And then it's just cool seeing CM Punk regularly competing, getting his, his win back, getting his cardio in 
this was so much fun to watch and Max on commentary made it that much better. Chris Rain says, love the CM Punk Moriarty match. Lee is a star. Didn't care for MJF after the match. Major downgrade from last week. So let's talk about that. Uh, he really leaned into the PG Punk thing mm -hmm. to the point to where it was annoying to me and it seemed like it was supposed to be annoying. Uh, I thought it was a little played out. It, it reminded me a lot of him saying Dictator John repeatedly. And I mean, quite frankly, this is a sophomore political tactic that we've seen over the last four or five years. You repeat a goofy nickname of somebody until you make that stick or whatever. So the thing is with MJF, like I think he's smart enough to either adjust or if this is the intent, lean into it more to where it annoys anybody that might want to cheer him. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was also a line afterwards where he said that CM Punk was trying to get into Britt Baker's pants. There were a lot of people that didn't like that. I can see where the line came from. It's because CM Punk is running around wearing Britt Baker's jacket. He's yeah. dropping her name on every single promo. Uh, MJF posted a picture with her afterwards. C says uh, it was weird the way the MJF talked about Britt Baker. Um, there was I, there was. Go ahead. Sorry, Alex. I wish they had they had connected the two things. Like last yeah. last week, last week, Punk, I saw you in Britt Baker's jacket. You trying to get into her pants next? Like yes. at least you would have actually been able to make that through line because it did come out of the blue. Um, I, I think that what, the other thing I wish he would have said is like because what he did tonight was really low hanging fruit, like lowest common denominator, like obvious heel troll work. And he was like, "You what? You think you think I went too low last week?" Pick the low hanging fruit last week. Wait till you see what I can do. I, I'll just, I'll just go, I'll just go as far as you want. If that's what you think I am. Here's what I could do if I wanted to. Because all the stuff he did this week seemed like it was, it was much more of a lowest common denominator stuff than the actual cerebral things that he can do. But I felt like it was on purpose to do that. And I wish they would have just like actually said, "I'm doing this because it's funny to me that you think I'm this, but I'm not." Yeah. That kind of a thing. PG Punk feels way too WWE for me. Like, if you're gonna hammer that home, it's gonna get old quick. But already did to me. But I mean, I don't know if that's the intended point. I don't know if the intended point is God, I can't wait until Punk runs his knee through this guy's face because this is an annoying type of thing. Because it's not at the point to where I'm like, oh, I don't want to see MJF. I mean, it, it's hard to believe I'd ever be at that point. So I think maybe he can get away with that a little bit more. It is a conundrum. Yeah, I think he will be able to get away with it. I just hope they don't push it too far. The getting in Britt Baker's pants thing was strange because he followed it up with another line that insinuated that CM Punk was trying something with Britt Baker, which just seems way off base and would only serve to like start a feud with Adam Cole, which... They will eventually connect those dots, but mm -hmm. it's not needed here. And the Larry stuff, ball again. Yeah, he's gonna kill. Through. He's gonna kill Punk's dog. And... Yeah, like that's that's a bit much. I don't know if we need that. Like these are not the things you listen, need buddy. You wouldn't feud. have survived the Attitude Era. Uh, I, I know pepper steak. Look, pepper steak is fine and all that, but this ain't '99. I'm I'm excited for the MJF Punk Kennel from Hell match. I'm ready for I, it. I'm excited for the Punk Wardlow match. 
Yeah. Like, like well, and it, it was it was not, I don't think it was coincidental that they had Wardlow get between him and MJF. And yes. then later in the night, they gave you a rare Wardlow squash a dude in the middle of the ring on dynamite. Murdered Usually him. he does all that stuff on dark. Treat. They 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 showed you this is what Wardlow is capable of doing to old man CM Punk. Like it it really feels like that is the match that that Punk is going to get murdered and somehow eke out a win. Listen, I'm not saying that somebody needs to Photoshop Larry's head onto the person Wardlow beat up. But if MJF wanted to use that as the threat, yeah. that is also low-hanging fruit. Yeah. James says, is there any world where MJF at any career, at any point, turns face? I've always said this. I think the best way, and, and pardon my language, but there has to be someone that can out-motherfucker MJF. There has to be somebody at some point that is so vile, such a piece of shit, that even the people in AEW are like, who can we possibly have to match this person's piece of shit? And they call on MJF and MJF is willing to help them because he wants to be the major piece of shit. Nobody else has taken that spot from him. So I think, I think that's probably an opportunity. Uh, some stupid punk says he feels genuinely vitriolic. Like he's upset. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty good at it. He's pretty good at it. Uh, as it turns out, Ronald Hollick says for the dynamite diamond battle Royal next week, I would love for the final two to be Wardlow versus CM Punk and end up uh, beginning the split for Wardlow MJF. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I think we are headed towards the Wardlow feud before an MJF title run. So I think MJF can afford to lose ahead of that. I think Punk can beat MJF now. But yeah, the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal was announced. Three members of Team Taz are in it, which we'll talk about later. But MJF is going to be in it as well. Uh, feeling Dreepy says, I think it's time for him to lose the ring. I don't think he needs it anymore. I don't think he's ever needed it. But Robert, it's it's been a nice prop for him to constantly refer to. It, they have to have somebody really good to back it up. But I think Punk screwing MJF in Long Island after MJF just compared himself to Brett in Canada seems like a logical place to go. R26 is probably in the minority, but I don't think the Punk MJF promo was good at all this week. And not by comparison from last week. You mentioned a woman, you must want to sleep with her, and I'm going to kill your dog is some bad attitude era stuff. Understandable. I, I can see yeah. why people think that. Um, I'm, I lean that way as well. I did not think tonight was the best promo work from MJF. I, I think it's probably one of the, the lowest, if I were to judge. It's just, I, I don't know the intent. I... I feel like MJF is a smart enough performer, not to where he does intentionally bad stuff, but he does stuff that is calculated, if you know what I mean. Like I feel like he is cerebral in this. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like this was this was a choice to yeah. deliberately do it like this. Cause this because I've not I've I mean I I've seen him like I'm I'm messing with your head. I haven't seen him be like, you know. Oh, you're an old man and nobody who's young would want to sleep with you, which is a weird thing to say. Also, don't bring your dog around here or I'll kill him. That's a that's that doesn't sound like the MJF that I know. Like he delivered it different than that, but that's the substance of the promo, which is not what we've come to see. So I feel like that was a choice to be a different kind of that kind of heel tonight. We have uh Eloquent saying, first for the first time pro uh, possibly ever, I thought MJF missed with the promo. The Brit line didn't make sense. And attacking Larry felt like a reach. 
but I like the story they're trying to tell. So I, I do think the Brit line made sense. I do think that it made sense within the context of you bring her up an awful lot, CM Punk. You're out here wearing her jacket, but that wasn't referenced. I right. wish that that was referenced. And Larry, no, I, I definitely don't think that's a reach for MJF. I believe the MJF character would absolutely feed a dog antifreeze or something like that. Like, there's no reason for me to believe any different. Alicia Ellis says, either Punk is going to cheat to beat MJF or Wardlow is going to cost him the match. Maybe both. Well, uh, we're, we're going to go right into Wardlow after this, but Brian Medina says, can't wait until Wardlow turns on MJF and teams up with Punk. They're doing the right thing here, Robert. Uh, once upon a time, Dave Batista was not that over. And then he started to show shades of turning on, not, not just shades of it. He showed that he wasn't stupid. Yeah. He was very smart the whole way through. He, he was that big, badass dude that you just couldn't outsmart. And it led to just the most perfect turn and coronation and all that. And it made a major star. I don't think Wardlow is going to approach Batista. I don't. To me, it's one of the greatest turns of all time, but this is what that often gets compared to. And the the seeds were planted long ago. Like, this is going to have a longer build than them. But um, what do you see the ceiling for a Wardlow turn? I think it's going to be one of the biggest moments that you have. And if Punk isn't the first person to beat MJF on, like, the first try without the screwy finish, it should be Wardlow. Because Batista, the thing that really solidifies it is that Batista ran through Hunter at WrestleMania. So you would have to have something like that for Wardlow and MJF. Jane Beard says, have Lee win the ring due to Punk costing MJF. That sounds like a cool idea, but don't the, the last two face each other yeah. in a match? So yeah. yeah. Sawyer says, Britt caught strays and I thought I was listening to Dan Lambert again. It was so lazy and random. Rough, but that MJF suit was great. Yes, he was wearing a Hanukkah suit. Uh, Jay Blood says, the purpose of mentioning Larry was he was looking for the thing to finally get under Punk's skin. It worked. And, I mean, legitimately, if somebody said they were going to kill your dog, you would, yeah, you probably would be really mad. Well, um, AC Adams, uh, listen, buddy, I have nothing against you, but I enjoyed watching you die on this night. Wardlow slaughtered this guy. Poor guy. So, a few weeks ago, I was watching Dark. And I watch it on a delay. And I noticed Wardlow hit a powerbomb, and the crowd was like, one more time, one more time. And he teased he was doing it, then he threw the guy down. And I was like, ah, no, he should have done it. And that's what they've started to do. Every week, Wardlow's listening to the people that love him so much. And eventually, this is going to get under MJF's skin. Like, why do you care about these people? Well, this was awesome. And let me tell you what I even thought was more awesome. Sean Spears after this goddamn match, just wearing this poor sucker out with a chair. Like, <laughs> holy crap. This was hilarious, Alex. Oh, it was great. Uh, I, I really do love the Spears and MJ and, and, uh, and Wardlow pairing. They're, they're just, they're really, really, they had a, they had a kick ass tag match against the, uh, against a uh, bear country. Yeah. Uh, like they're, they're really good to watch together. And I, I love them as kind of almost a comedy duo. But um, but I feel like this it's not going to work out in the end because MJF is going to throw Sean Spears to the wolves in Wardlow when they start feuding. But I I I, I love Wardlow. I love his power bombs. I just think there's I love the way he picks up a guy from the power bomb. Like he picks up his leg, forces him to do a backward somersault, 
right into powerbomb position. They're like, no, what are you doing? I, I, just, like, I just have no idea what's happening to them. I think it's great. They're still dizzy. Um, uh, yeah, but he's one of those guys you could really book as, as not a baby face, but again, the guy who Braun Strowman was four years ago, mm-hmm. the guy that we loved to watch fuck shit up like that guy. And we, we love watching it. We, we cheer for it. We want to see it. And he's not a heel who's not going to give it to us. He loves doing it too. And he likes the adulation. So eventually you get to that point where that's who he is. He's 33 and six. Yeah. Like you could easily build him with like five wins in a row into a position where he's like the number two or three guy in that, in those standings. It's not, not hard at all to do that. So we can see where they might be able to take him at some point. Is the turn going to be Batista level? No, but I do think this guy has a lot of potential to be a future like t- world champion, depending on how they book it. I will say though, they still have so much meat on the bone with the pinnacle. And I really yeah. think that they're dropping that. And where is FTR with this group? But that's another I, story. I think they've kind of leaned away from gang wars for a while. It seems like it, like they went faction heavy for a while and, Buddy, I had some faction fatigue after Inner Circle and American Top Team. I really. I mean, did. yeah, but if you're going to get rid of some of the factions, don't make it the good one. Yeah, you know, keep the good one together. Alicia Ellis says, "How long till MJF mentions AJ?" Um, all due respect to MJF, I think that's Britt Baker's job. Yep. Yeah. I think Britt Baker is the one who promos AJ Lee out of retirement. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, buddy, I can't wait for that promo. The source material of her working with WoW and Tessa Blanchard and all that. Brent Lockman says, Wardlow sent that dude's soul to Miro. Oh, we're getting there next. And Brandon Campbell says, I think Wardlow and MJF are the last two in the Diamond Battle Royal. MJF expects Wardlow to lay down for him, but MJF is in for a rude awakening. I don't think it happens yet. I think we got a while for that. Yeah, um, uh, a while. But I I, I was going to say that the, the, the thing about the Diamond diamond ring for mjf is this is how that this is why they don't have to put a title on him because yes. he feels like that the thing on his on his pinky is the biggest thing in the company and they just let him think that they don't have to put a title on him or put him in any title matches because he's the guy the two-time and maybe even soon to be three-time diamond ring champion and he always gets to bring it out and punch people in the forehead with it yeah i agree Alicia Ellis says, I was, I looked like I was about to mug someone in the streets of New York in that beanie. Uh, by the way, people in the chat, nobody's interested in arguing with you. So just don't do it. We'll just time you out. We're not here to argue with you in the chat. Uh, and neither is nobody, anybody else here. We're here to have fun. We like having fun is what the announcers say. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yep. Dr. Six Fingers Esquire says, Angels, Darius, Dante, MJF, Jungle Boy, Anna J, Julia Hart. Probably forgetting some. None of them old enough to rent a car, but they're already so good. It's unfair. <laughs> there yeah. was somebody on Not to Listen Your Boy today who said that they should have like a Young Guns mm-hmm. uh, like tournament. Well, like the, the, the youth. I think there's, I think AW is always going to get the youth from here on out. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that the young up and comers are watching AEW and being like, this is where I want to work. So when you, the the question before are are the four pillars ever going to be a tag team? Are be going to be a faction? I think if they're all still with the company when they're in their in their early to mid thirties, yes. they might team up to be like heel gatekeepers of exactly. the new of the new blood coming in. Or if the new blood comes in and they're a bunch of douches, then they could be the guys who are like sticking up for the old AEW. 
Victor says, is double or nothing lined up for Vegas in 2022? Yes. Yes, it is. Nerd Guru says, I don't dislike Jade, but I don't want her as champion. Ruby and Stat put on a clinic, and I imagine that final with Rosa and Ruby uh, would be way better than Jade. Uh, I think it would be too, but I just... I. I've said what I've said about this. I, to me, that title belt, the TBS title, screams we want to keep Jade undefeated and don't want her to lose to Britt or vice versa. That's what that title screams mm-hmm. to me. I think a tag title would have made a lot more sense um, and allowed for a more robust storytelling. Brian says CM Punk wins. Uh, I'm not sure what that is. Ruminate, Diamond I Ring. It's supposed to say Dynamite. dynamite oh, probably. Dynamite, Diamond Ring. <laughs> that that autocorrect, autocorrect. Uh, isn't working. Uh, Diamond Ring and MJF throws a fit. Perhaps that could work too. Uh, they got the Owen I mean, coming if the, up too. If the last two guys in the Battle Royal have to face each other, if the last two guys wind up being CM Punk and Wardlow with MJF being eliminated early on in the match, then you could actually have that match and have it mean something. Like that that CM Punk and Wardlow match might actually be there for that, for those stakes. I'm going to yeah. go out on a limb and say it's going to be Dante and Leo. That are the final mm. two. Interesting. So we've got uh, the Britt Baker interview backstage. We've got some, uh, we've got some very, like, very clear dissension between Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker here. Robert, what'd you think? She was never really totally on board because she never does the DMD. She's not like, here to be her sidekick she's just here to get the rub and i think that partnership is going to end a lot sooner than wardlow and mjf alex um yeah i i i love all the little signs of stuff like that and, and the idea that like you know uh rio rio you know cheated to beat me or whatever now you got to go through my heater and jamie's like yeah sure i'll, I'll beat her up whatever you know he's not there to like i'm gonna protect my boss it's just like yeah, I like I like punching people. It's kind of fun. So that's that's what Jamie Hader is, and and I, I I appreciate that. And I think there's going to be a time where where Britt, you know, just, just oversteps her bounds, and then and then we get Jamie Hader, uh, you know, p- beating up Britt Baker. Uh, Miguel Ortiz says, "Is Orlando a done deal for Revolution's location? Uh, not a done deal. Not a done deal until it's announced. Anything can happen." Uh, until it's announced uh, to people like Michael Keyes saying, I sent a super chat and it was ignored. Weird. Uh, no, it wasn't Michael Keyes. What we do is we answer them as we get to that segment. So, for example, you sent a super chat that said Cody plus fire. Still not a good guy. Agree. We will not answer that until the main event segment. We're not going to answer that while we're talking about Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill. Sorry, but thank you very much for the super chat. Please continue to send in your super chats on YouTube or your Humper Chats over at HumperChats.com. If you can't watch the show live, that's how you can get your question or statement read on the air. You just leave it there. Uh, Our great mod, Luis, sees it, and he adds it to our nifty little document. And, uh, of course, we appreciate your support. We, of course, appreciate your support on FightfulSelect.com as well. I have some news on Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly's contract status and offers and that uh, things of that nature. Raw producers today. Uh, list goes on. You got two episodes of Sour Graps a week plus a bonus one. There is a uh, a show pretty much every single day. So uh, make sure you check that out. News every single day. Also shop.fightful.com and fightfulmag.com for the Fightful 
magazine. The Tony Nese promo, Robert. How'd you feel about that? Yeah, it's fine. Nice is in a position where I'm like, I don't buy you right now as a guy who's really going to come in and beat Sammy, but he did cut a good promo. So it is what it is. I just hope that down the line, he builds some credibility that he unfortunately lost because of his time in WWE, but we'll see what happens with him after after uh, Friday. He's a fantastic wrestler and anybody that has seen him knows that the, the one of the hottest free agent things, I think they, Probably shouldn't have leaned in too much to that when like Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman right. and Ember Moon and like there are all these like names that did hold some value in WWE. I understand they're putting him over, but I, I feel like they could have even more like like added to that by by saying like he's got a chip on his shoulder type of thing. Like he's got something to prove here. But um it seems like that is the case, and they set up a match as well. Adam Cole comes out, and I love that he did his full entrance mm-hmm. to do commentary. Because why wouldn't he? Right. I mean, live, That's of course. <laughs> of course, the they would live. If you're live and you're AEW, you got to get Jericho's music played, Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy, and and for sure Adam Cole's every single time. You got to right. do it. Uh, but then Orange Cassidy comes out, goes face to face with Adam Cole. The Young Bucks come out. Cassidy turns around, throws some light kicks, which was very funny. Some light super kicks. And, or they, well, the light super kicks came later. Adam Cole hits Orange Cassidy right in the penis. And then the Young Bucks start mocking Orange Cassidy with the light super kicks. I thought that was very funny before they really put him out. Uh, this is a feud that Adam Cole probably should win, Alex. Yeah. Um, because... Orange Cassidy was like overpowered, overprotected for a while. Yeah. And I think we need a reason for him to take things more seriously. This mm-hmm. has to be like almost a wake up call for him. But, and you're talking about two super over talent right here. Oh, yeah. And I mean, they were, I'm sure we're going to get some six man tags out of this whole thing as well. Um, it does feel like, you know, uh, Adam and the Bucks, you know, kind of like are, 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 are basically because they're going to be over. And be seen as top guys, no matter what they're doing. Um, they, you can have them like kind of like down the card and off to the side, not being involved in anything right now. Um, but uh, I, I, the one question I have is, I don't, I don't. What was Adam Cole coming out to do commentary for? Because he came out to do to do his whole entrance, did his boom, walked into the commentary desk, sat down. Listen. Orange Cassidy came out and like walked up to him. And then they beat up Orange Cassidy, but Adam Cole wasn't on commentary anymore. He, he wanted to get a bird's eye view of the ass boys. That's <laughs> yeah. I, guess, I guess because he came out the whole entrance, walked up, sat down for two seconds, got up, beat up Orange Cassidy and left. So I don't know what he was out there for to begin with, but it was always nice to see Adam Cole. I, I kind of think I'm not over Orange Cassidy, but I'm over him in major rivalries because he doesn't take things seriously and at some point you gotta say okay what else do you got nerd guru says who would you put in aw's first ever fatal four-way and for what title oh i think in the first uh, fatal four-way if it's for the title it should be four top stars in the company at the time probably like mox punk Brian Danielson, and then whoever's champion. Like, something major, major is what yeah. I would do. 
Sawyer says, can't wait for babyface Jamie Hayter. Hook it to my veins. She needs to get some wins. She really needs to get some wins. She's not going to beat Rio unless it's like a disqualification type weird finish because they're going to protect Rio coming up for, for Bit Baker. So she's going to lose two in a row there. I, I I agree. She should start like she's the kind of woman who should like be just squashing every somebody every week on dark and getting and getting wins that way. So that if you have to put her in a, in a match where you've booked into a corner and she can't win on a dynamite, then it doesn't hurt her so much. But yes, I, I, I would love to see her being built into something like that. Michael Key says, my bad. I have learned. I'll hail the Dong Lord. We always get to our super chats. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, Gamer Boy says, MJF called Darby an incel, but man, did he sound like an incel tonight with those Brit lines. <laughs> I don't know. I just think he was like, LOL, you're paying her attention. You want to bang her type of thing. Um, but yeah, I could see how that would come off like that. Tremaine says, whoa, Robert, Tony has those washboard abs. That's all he needs. That and Michael Nakazawa's oil. Oh, boy. Wow. Um, <laughs> I will say, if you're going to do the match, you should probably do it in Long Island, considering you got Nice in a major match. Maybe do it in New York. But I'm sure well, they, they, they definitely don't want him to get cheered. They're definitely putting up putting him up against uh, Sammy to, to get booed. So maybe they want to do it there. That's true. I mean, everybody. There's a lot of people who come in and their first match is for the TNT title, and it's a great match, and they lose and they move on. You know, like I, I think Tony Nese will, will be one of those guys who is who is prime position to ha- put on a great match against a top star on a dynamite or a rampage and lose the match. Kylie sends a humper chat and says, "Love fightful. You guys are my low key favorite, especially Mister D Felice. Well, we appreciate your humper chat, even despite that." we have the pentagon and pack promo pack in kenta or penta versus ftr on rampage because phoenix either hurt or has some travel issues hurt and he's not cleared to travel yeah so that's interesting but but pack of course now has an eye patch so he has fully become the angry coked up pirate that i have always said that he that he that he reminds me of i i absolutely love willed it into existence i did he's got the eye patch and he goes Look into my eye. Like, he's just fantastic. Um, I did feel bad that he was like, I'm not an invalid after they just said, you know, poor Phoenix is injured and can't compete. Like, uh, well, <laughs> I'm not Phoenix. So. And, but I just love that he, he had a shout out to his favorite 90s R&B group. And he was like, Tony, 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 let me tell you. Like, I, I just, I love him so much. Brandon says, every time I see Orange Cassidy, my inner cornet kicks in. I mean, nobody sells his offense. It's a mind game. That's what it is. He he clearly uses it as, as, a, as a tactic there. Daniel says, why does the Pinnacle rarely fight together? I wish I had a good answer for that. Uh, I, to this day, still believe Pinnacle should have beat Inner Circle, a double or nothing. Inner Circle should have split up. Yeah. I, I wish I had an answer for that. That it's They should book that more appropriately. I mean... As of late, MJF has like been subcontracting FTR, so that's I guess that's why. Nice of them to play along with that, but yeah. now on Friday they've got Pack and Penta. I am a little sad because I was looking forward to two out of three falls. Yeah, but this match should be really good. I don't know what this means for their match in Mexico the next yeah. night against the Lucha Brothers for the Triple A titles. Peter Davies says Jamie versus Riho will be fun next week. They've wrestled in tags and stardom, and Jamie was always great against smaller Joshi and stardom. Will be fun. That she was. Uh, the styles really made the fights for her there, and, and that worked out really well. Thank you for bringing that up, Peter. 
Um, we had Chris Jericho getting beaten up by 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. I was, this was, this was something, uh, <laughs> I, I, whatever I'm really, this is, this is going to be, it just feels like it's going to, going to be the, the obvious, can they coexist thing where the enemy of my enemy is not my friend, but we, so, we booked into this tag match. Isaiah Barry says, does it seem like we're getting a Kingston and Jericho feud? Could get some good promos. Not sure about the actual match. I think it should lead to a match between them. A, a means to an end there. Um, you know, you know what it's going to be though. Kingston will be the one to turn heel because Jericho ain't doing it right now. And it Perhaps. really does feel like Jericho's just sort of like, this guy's getting over, even though I've got a whole stable of guys. I'm gonna attach myself to this guy. It's it's a weird thing. I really hope they don't do that 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 what you're talking about. I feel like that's where it looks like they're gonna do, but Eddie is so <clears throat> ridiculously over as this babyface brawler to to throw that away to like have a have a match with babyface dad rock Jericho just doesn't feel right to me like i mean i i'm actually interested in the whole like i hate these guys you hate these guys and we hate each other because i feel like those that jericho and kingston could make that a lot of fun but i don't want it to be like a thing where okay inevitably we have kingston put over jericho because kingston's just riding this amazing wave of popularity right now i don't want to ruin that the problem is though they did that better already with moxley where they hated each other then they came together common enemy and that's so much better alex would you say that the ass boys rod and todd ass are green in the ring green greenish yeah yeah but would you say that they're athletic very good uh yeah i would well you know what you can be too <gasps> with athletic greens dot com slash fightful oh man i've been using this ag1 for weeks now it's funny the first time i saw somebody take a green drink was mick foley and he told me about how the absorption helps out how he gets his vitamins in in one drink and now i'm taking athletic greens by golly i didn't have time i didn't want to take a bunch of pills i didn't want to take a bunch of multivitamins and all these different things. So now I take AG1, uh, put one scoop in some water, drink it down, and you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, and your aging. I love this stuff. I've been using it for probably about three or four weeks now. And um, it, it does make me feel a lot better than a typical multivitamin. Quite frankly, regular multivitamins sometimes upset my stomach, especially when I take it first thing in the morning. They actually recommend that you take AG1 uh, first thing in the morning. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anythings. Uh, it, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which is something that I've noticed a lot lately. Uh, mental clarity. Sometimes I've been known to trail off on these podcasts. By golly, not anymore. And I've been looking to get my energy in more ways than just an energy drink. So I've been really liking that as well. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system 
with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. One, one scoop of this in a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a bunch of different pills. And they're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. That is athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. Please check it out. Uh, I am so happy to uh, be working with these fellas. And you can find them on Twitter at Athletic Greens. Hit them up. Even if you don't try their product, hit them up and say, you know what? Sean Rossap told me about you. Fightful told me about you. Drop them a little message, a DM. Say, you know what? I heard about your product through Fightful. I will consider it. Check it out. Baron Black of uh, AEW and Terminus was putting over athleticgreens.com slash Fightful uh, on Twitter recently. So uh, I think I think he probably knows a little bit about nutrition, that fella. James Boris says, Alice, can we get Pete Dunn and Pack arguing over who is William Regal's favorite son? <laughs> I am with, I, wait, hold on. I am William Regal's favorite son. I will flip all over the ring. I run around like crazy. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Charlie Dempsey. Oh, man. Daniel R says, how should the Dark Order work in the long term? What I mean is I love them, but as a stable at some point, I want them to go on their own or at least fight for individual titles, especially uh, Grayson, Silver, and Alan Angels. I think they're going to stay as a unit at least until the trio's titles become a thing, whenever that may be. The trio's titles got to happen eventually, right? Um, right now, I think that Hangman Page is the member of the Dark Order that is the singles, and until then, the other ones will be kind of supporting players, and that's okay. I like that they have definitively said he's not a member and he doesn't need to be a member to be a member. That is nice. Yes. Rod and Todd ass with their father, Billy ass. Um, the ass boys are defeated by Darby Allen and sting sting took on Billy gun on WCW TV 33 years ago. Holy crap. Michael Key says, can we appreciate how jacked Billy Gunn is? He's 58, folks. Come on. Taking that athletic greens. Yep. <laughs> slash Fightful. That much I tell you. <laughs> I, I, I saw somebody on Twitter, and I forget who it was, so I apologize. They said, Billy Gunn looks like he's made out of footballs. And I just like, that's what a perfect <laughs> way, because they're all just pumped up to, to bursting. Uh, it's great. Oh, Jam Beard says, we got we once got a Sting and OC spot. Now I want a Danhausen and Sting spot where Sting dances to tequila. <laughs> and Jay Shell says, the fact that the gun club is number three and Santana and Ortiz are number four is so upsetting. I get it, but within like the records, I, I understand why the gun club is there, but they just lost a tag team match. Like yeah. then they don't. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen beat the ass boys. Like, all right, sure. This match was okay. But let's talk about Sting's face paint, Robert. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, my Everything God. Everything Sting did here was awesome. And I actually think that by Friday, if not next week, they will be on the rankings and they're getting a tag match yeah. at Winter's Coming to celebrate the year anniversary of Sting coming in to help Derby. So I, um, I'm going to show you guys this new paint. And yeah. uh, Sting has been, has, has been good at reinventing himself for a very, very long time. I mean, even when he had the surfer Sting, he would constantly do different designs. Like the pink and black was great. The great American bash was great. Then it, it went to more of a 
dark and light. Like it would be, it wouldn't be as bright colors. It would be more like black and white and black and something else towards like 95, 96. Then of course he did multiple iterations of the crow, even went red and black, which was such a badass transformation back then. Then later on, he would add a little bit of color to it in TNA. Then he became the Joker. Now we got this. And I got to say, this is rad, man. Like I could see where they could add color like above the eyes or around the Mm -hmm. eyes eventually. But to me, this was really, really good in that it, it helped, um, it helped make it like so emotionless. It didn't look like he had an expression on his face, Alex. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. It was, it felt like it was like, um, there were like, you know, Darby sting backstage, put on the face paint and Darby's like, Hey, Hey dad, can I, can I maybe try something? Like, I mean, I, I really love what you do with with this stuff, but like, it's, it's a new era now. And I was wondering if you might like, just take a few pointers. Like, sure, son, what, what, what do you think I should do? It's like, how about if you do it like this? And he's like, I like it. Let's go out and do it together. Because it really felt like it was had a lot of Darby influence in, in the whole thing. Sting and Darby get the win. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? Darby doesn't do suicide dives. He does murder-suicide <laughs> yeah. dives. Yeah. Like, he, he, he nearly killed himself against Austin Gunn with that one that he like landed like upside down and then he said yeah screw it I'll come myself again and he hit he hit Billy Gunn so hard he bounced off and practically into the first row like he he just has no regard for his own safety when when I see him do it I go why is anybody else in AEW doing it like because nobody else has one that even looks decent compared to his like it's a lot of leaning outside the ring and doing the cross-armed nudge type of yeah. thing. It's like Montez Ford with the frog splash. I I know that there are like six people on that roster that want to pay homage to Eddie Guerrero, but yeah. Montez Ford does the best frog splash of all right. time. Yeah, Just sure. find another way. Three amigos. Uh, do do the nice centon uh, uh, over, over the rope. Do, there's yeah. a million different ways to honor Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Darby Allen screams believability and... The way I don't even know what busted open. They came back from break and he had like there's a cut on his head. I don't like know on what top it was. Of his head, yeah. But it, yeah. Darby just seems like he has no regard for his body, and not like in a oh wow he's so crazy that I genuinely believe he has no regard for whether or not this is his last match. If it is, whatever. I live my best life, and I think that's what wrestling should be. Guys, we're heading down the home stretch here. Get in your Super Chats and your Humper Chats. Humperchats.com. Programming note, distraction back tomorrow. Uh, Friday, we have uh, the post-SmackDown AEW show. Uh, Sunday, post-NXT War Games. And if you like War Games, I dropped a pretty big feature today on Fightful.com. Go to the Exclusives tab uh, and a companion video piece. It's inside NXT War Games. It's a collection of stories here. Like everybody talk about how afraid of heights Adam Cole is, which was very funny to me. Uh, we talked to Tommaso Ciampa, undisputed era uh, in being Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong. We talked to Raquel Gonzalez. Alexander Wolf had some incredible insight on War Games that you guys should check out. We've got the infamous Britt Baker story, Triple H's recounting of it. All that in a fantastic feature inside NXT War Games. 
check it out. I just want to say, I, I'm not on the NXT show, so I don't get a chance to talk about this. I like War Games a whole lot less when William Regal's not around to say it. Yeah. And I, I think that put, that's a It's not the same, man. We've yeah. decided it can't be called War Games. It's got to be called Combat Activities. It's not the <laughs> same thing anymore. Mark says, how dare you forget the greatest frog splash of all time done by The Miz. Oh, should take you out back and beat you. Uh, ShotKid29 says, always felt like AEW's a, a, approach to factions is similar to New Japan, where guys can do their own thing while being a part of the larger group. Yeah. I agree with that. It just seems like it gets ignored a lot. Uh, Darby, or uh, Dr. Six Fingers says, Stinghausen. Oh, it's going to happen one day. <laughs> yeah. Sting's smart enough to get it. Yeah. Taz is ringside or out for commentary, and uh, so and Team Taz is there with him. He's talking about the dynamite dozen. Leo Rush comes out, and they're talking about a lot of math stuff. And this was a rare miss on their promos, I thought. And Dante comes out and stares him down. I think Leo should eliminate every single member of Team Taz next week, Will Hobbs included. Now, Leo got the crowd for a little bit. It's just this promo is like, eh, it just didn't hit for me. Um, where'd you land on it, Alex? I mean, I'm excited to see Leo beat up all of team Taz next week and then be like, Dante, you made a bad choice. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a weird thing. Like, like the, the, the math part. Yeah. I felt like it, like it was a weird thing for Taz to say. And then I think Leo thought I'm going to play off of this and it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, like, well, there are three, uh, 25% of the people in the, in the battle royal, a team Taz. That means we got a hundred percent, hundred and twenty-five percent chance of winning. And then he comes out. How dare you say a hundred percent chance? If I'm in it, at least have I have a one percent chance, which means that you only have a ninety-nine percent chance. Like, just yeah. stop it. We're, nobody's Scott Steiner here. We don't need a math promo. Just, just come out and say, bro. I literally have nightmares <laughs> that I somehow didn't finish my high school math class and got to go back and do it. Yeah. I don't I don't yeah. want to do math in my free time. Yeah. Um I I uh I I I really love Leo Rush. I love the the potential for all these matches we're going to have. I still when he says is like you you know me, you know you know I'm not going to go out like that kind of a thing. I wonder if also kind of what he was saying was like you know me, you know I've planned for everything. I still think there's a shot that Dante is doing like a double agent thing. I'm just not sure how this is how it's all going to turn out, and I actually love it because it's not an important enough feud for me to be worried about they're going to do it wrong. There are like five or six different endings to this story, and I'm interested to see which one they choose. Yeah, look, I don't need the random Steiner math as though I'm watching Impact on Twitch. <laughs> I, I get where they were going, but we didn't need it here. Uh, I still think Dante might be with Leo, just because he didn't go to hit him or anything. He just kind of looked at him. I could have been a look that said, hey, the plan's coming together. But I do think if Dante is a heel, they end up as the final two next week, and Dante goes on to win that diamond ring because he is the future now. Well, the future in the TBS title tournament is Ruby Soho advancing. Boy, did I love this match. Yeah. Loved it. Um, this was good. A good babyface versus babyface match. I just wanted to see them show out, and they did. Uh, my only criticism is Ruby doing the the very, like, yeah. oh, my God, I can't believe yeah. this person kicked right, out type right. of thing. And based on how the finish was, I kind of just would have rather 
her get the pin here after the awesome poison Rana and the spiked Rana. Yeah. But I loved the in ring of Ruby and Chris Statlander. They're great um, together. Ruby getting the pin off of uh, Statlander's attempted finish. Uh, Chris says, I love that match. Hoping for Ruby Thunder Rosa final, but expecting Ruby Jade, as am I. But um, some stupid punk says, can I freaking mark the hell out for Ruby freaking Soho? Honest to God, I love Chris. I do. But my God, I love Ruby. She's such an amazing talent, and that match was amazing. Really hope to God Ruby gets the top belt soon. I'll cry. Ruby has an infinite future in front of her. Mm-hmm. Robert, uh, is it's wonderful to see. You love to see it. You a person do. universally you really loved by, by rosters everywhere. Like Ruby, when you think about her run in WWE, you can't imagine what that does to somebody's confidence. And like maybe she thought the fans won't think I have it. They'll think I'm just getting by on my yeah. WWE lineage. But she has really showed up and showed out. I could have done without the overacting as though she was facing the undertaker at WrestleMania and he just kicked out. That was a very weird spot. But other than that, great wrestling. One of my favorite women's matches this promotion has done. And I really want to see Ruby and Rosa. The more this tournament oh, goes, the more I'm just like, all right, I had Jade from day one, but now I just, I just want to see a good match on January 5th. Uh, even, C, who says he's not usually into women's matches, thought this one was great. Eloquent says the quarterfinals of the TBS tourney have been amazing. Statlander and Ruby, Jamie Rosa were some of the best women's matches on Dynamite to date. Jamie and Riho will be awesome. Right. That it will. Alex, I have loved how they have stretched out this tournament. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? No matter what show you're watching, you probably got something with stakes on it. Yeah. And stakes are something that I have long just said, oh, you need it on every show. Right. You can't have a show where nothing is on the line, contendership, titles, anything. Yes, I agree. I, uh, I, I, I'll say, first of all, I love the match. Um, I think Ruby does the, I can't believe you kicked out. Oh my God, what am I going to do really, really well? This just wasn't the spot for it. Yeah. Like this just was, I mean, there, there's abso- absolutely a, a time in her career where she, she hits somebody with her finisher and my God, if I don't, if I don't put this away right now, I'm not going to win. And then the, the kick out and then she doesn't know what to do. Like there's, yeah. there's a time to do it. Just wasn't this time. I love their, their work together. Chris is just so damn strong. And Ruby is such an amazing, like work from underneath baby face. Um, it's, it was a great match. And I really wish that the that the seeming story of both semifinals matches wasn't so similar. You got a monster heel and a baby face that we love to root for. Like it's the, they're the same basic match with like Nyla Rose and 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 Ruby. Like Ruby's going to fight from underneath and we hope she's going to beat Nyla that kind of a thing. The same thing with with Thunder Rosa. You're going to have Jade Cargill just trying to smash her and Thunder Rosa us rooting for the fiery baby face. I wish they had found a way to like sneak in Sheeta into the into the Nyla Rose thing because Sheeta versus Ruby Ruby Riot Ruby Soho excuse me is such a completely different kind of story than the other way. Well, I do think Sheeta is going back to Japan soon. Um, well, that's in February though, so that's that's a ways off. Yeah, Michael says it's Ruby's tournament for me, quite possibly. And I, I see Brendan saying. I might be in the minority, but I think Ruby's beating Jade for the TBS title. She can put on good matches, and her winning shows unranked people can win it. Okay, so here's why I think it should be Rosa or or Jade Cargill. When you establish a title like this, 
And buddy, if you ever doubt that that Tony Khan doesn't want it to be seen as a mid card title, just call it a mid card title on one of his scrums or anything. He'll go off on you. Uh, you what you want to do is have it like Cody in the TNT title. Cody couldn't physically challenge for the world title. So therefore, the TNT title could be, you could have argued, well, that's a top guy. That is the top guy just holding this title. With Jade Cargill being undefeated and Thunder Rosa having beaten Britt Baker, I think with those two options, you can say, okay, that's on par. That, that's right there. Ruby just lost to her on, on pay-per-view, so I think it'd be harder to make that argument. But she is super over, and that's really good to see. There, there, I think at this point, if you're going to go with somebody outside of Jade who can just get over on her power, have Ruby, or not Ruby, have Britt essentially give the title to Thunder Rosa so that's like, cool, you're not going to fight me. Stay away from me because yeah. I haven't beaten you and I'm kind of afraid of you. I think there's something also for uh, Ruby would be the the only right currently right now she's the only one still in the tournament who didn't get a buy in in the first round she would have had to have won more matches to get to the final i think that uh, that either jade wins the whole thing or ruby like somehow beats the undefeated monster in the finals like i don't i don't think that you 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 knock off the undefeated monster in the semifinals of the tournament if you're booking it you would have it go all the way to the to the finish but I would love to see Thunder Rosa win the championship. So, either way. <laughs> oh, man, we have Jay Blood saying Dante had already signed with Leo. The contract with Team Taz is void. That's how they can do the double agent deal. They could do it any number of ways. They script yeah. the show. They can they can cook up anything they want, to be honest with you. Um, Miguel Ortiz says Leo versus all of Team Taz. Leo teams with Dante's brother to face Team Taz. Dante turns on Team Taz to go back with his brother and Leo. Dante takes the FTW title away from Starks at double or nothing. But I don't know if they're going to rock with a seven-a-month feud, but we'll see how that goes. That's typically Team Taz's style. Yeah, so you know you what? You're right. True. You're right. So True. maybe I'm the asshole here. Uh, but I think that I think Darius is still a ways off. I mean, he's like, when when did he get hurt? It was like summer? Yeah. And they went out of their way to say that there's no timetable right now. Yeah, I mean, let, let's look at that. Okay, it was February. So, I mean, maybe in like three or four months he could be back. Gosh, I thought it was it was towards spring. Eloquent says, hope JR gets well, but I like Taz calling the show. Taz is very good at calling the show. Yeah, Especially shout out when to he... Taz badly singing Ruby Soho, which is my favorite thing on all of AEW programming. Brent says, what I'm enjoying most about this tourney is you could see some matches creating future title challengers for the TBS title once the champ is crowned. This title tournament has been one of the best things to happen to AEW's women's division because yeah. it's it's given more time and more development and all that. Daniel says, with Team Taz, could Darius be in the Battle Royal or end up with Leo Rush? Would be an interesting twist. Also, I liked MJF's suit. Anything's possible. Um, it's been about nine eight, eight, nine months since that injury. You know, it could have been a torn MCL or something like that. Maybe you wouldn't be unlike wrestling to kayfabe an injury. Yeah, uh, that, that's for sure. Cody Rhodes versus Andrade in a street fight. And Andrade was ready to go full new Jack on Cody. He brought knives with him. Yep. Alex. Yeah. 
this is the thing that that uh, that I when you say anything is legal in this match as Andrade walks out holding a knife you well if he brought the knife to the ring and anything is legal like you you don't don't open that door yes <laughs> anything is legal except for a knife you're not allowed to use a knife you could just 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 squash that immediately um but i i loved him like in his like he was basically like the lost reservoir dog with like the the full the black pant the black tie with the white shirt like he just looked amazing i love that he came out dressed for a quote unquote street fight and cody's still like i'm going to wear my homelander gear because this is what i am now and i i listen you're not going to hear me say anything bad about cody after the thing that he did where he's well, just like i am so I know what you guys think, and I'm going to troll you so hard in the middle of this match. Speaking of, uh, Tom says, what would you rate Arn Anderson falling off the stage on accident? One to six, Meltzer stars. Oh, buddy. So I had to go back and look at it. Poor Arn bumped. Poor Arn, man. Poor Arn bumped. I don't know if he's got a Lloyd's of London or what the deal is there, but they're going to be giving him a call after that. Uh, (laughs) So Cody's got his back peeling which was the subject everybody was giving you giving skin cancer lectures on twitter after that like acting like the guy just went to the beach and fell asleep face down yep well as it turns out that's probably not what happened we can't confirm that he just burned his back going through fire stuff in preparation for this but I, um, i wonder if it was like a flame retardant spray that they sprayed ahead of time and it started to peel because Maybe. because uh because Andrade had some like on his arms and stuff which is where they both went through the flaming table so i wonder if they had like something they tried to prep for it so they wouldn't light themselves on fire but at least like wear a shirt or something cuz it looked so out of place i was like what is going on with Cody's back i wonder if they even knew until that moment we'll find out i'll find out a couple of moments that deserve some attention those double knees in the corner with the chair. Oh, God. Oh, my God. This is the Andrade I've wanted to see mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. Also, as Isaiah Barry mentions, who knew Jose was so jacked? <laughs> no wonder he told Chavo to hit the bricks. Jose would... Chavo's out there saying, remember when the wrestlers looked like they could beat up the fans? And Jose's like, yeah, bitch. I do. Remember when the managers looked like they could beat up the fans? Remember when I looked like I could beat you up? Jose is about to steal Chavo's lunch. He kind of already did steal his lunch. already did, yep. Stole his career yeah. already. Man. Well, Valab says, do you think Twitter will take the golden shovel spot? Well, I don't even want to look at it. <laughs> I mean, if you're like going to do it, right? Like, man, do it all the way. Just I did think it was pointless. I was like, come on. Of all the times, like, eh. The sequence of events, though, because it was, it was in his hometown. It was funny. Yeah, It was funny. The sequence of events, like, reaches under, pulls out a kendo stick. Nah. Reaches under, pulls out a sledgehammer, and I was like... Cody, what are you doing? <laughs> and he tosses that and like pulls out a golden shovel and looks around and everybody like, you know what I'm doing. He was just trolling us so hard that I had to respect like the ingenuity he, of of the, the timing of it. He went from Homelander to Deadpool in that moment and like looked at the camera and said, 
this is about Triple H. Like, that's <laughs> what he did. It reminded me of that thing from, from the Broken Matt Hardy skit. It was like, yeah. we, 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 the man with three H's would be proud of us for this yeah. burial spot. My God. <laughs> Michael says, did Arn fall again? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, hope he's okay. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, we've got this big spot that happens, and holy crap, it, it was a doozy. But the the crowd reaction before that, were you surprised, Alex, that Cody got booed? We've got uh, HL saying, for as much as Cody loved Atlanta, or Atlanta loved Cody in previous years, he's still got a decent smattering of boos and a heel reaction. I get he doesn't want to go full heel because of the press charity stuff, but lean into it, brother. Well, Alex, he has befriended T-Pain, and as I tweeted, Cody is going to try to get him to auto-tune the crowd reactions yeah. to his liking. Yeah, uh, I, I I was not surprised that he, it was mixed, but I think that it, had it been anywhere other than Atlanta, it would have been full booze. But I, but he also, like, he pulled out, he pulled out the golden shovel and then screamed out, I'm leaning in! Like, he's just, like, he's just doing a thing, like, he's he knows what he's doing, and, and uh, apparently, like, Tony Khan has said, like the reactions they're getting were the, are the expected ones, so they 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 know where they're going with this. Um, I, I, I don't know when we're gonna get there, but um, but you knew we were, he was gonna do like an old school. We're gonna put lighter fluid on the table, um, type of a street fight thing that he was gonna go over in his hometown. That we're, we were gonna do that. So I think we're we're counting down to the point. Where he's gonna like maybe flip a switch, but I'm not sure when that's gonna happen. Um, there's no way you can say over and over again, "I'm not turning heel." I would never do such a thing. I mean, before got, it becomes the heel saying that. We've got somebody that is getting super worked by it. All due respect in the chat, he bladed <laughs> and cried. Now he did fake stuntman burning on his back. He desperately wants to be cheered. He's his own biggest fan. Gosh, you think he doesn't know by now? Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He knows Look, what I he's think doing. This genuinely started as he is his own biggest yes. fan. Now they know what they're doing. They have their John Cena. They have their, you know, 2010 Triple H. They know what they're doing. They're going to turn him. And at this point, I'm just wondering if it's going to be Punk to do it. Because Punk's the guy that can go, no, no, no. I've seen this. And so have you. Stop what you're doing and just own up to it. Dan says the heel turn has to be coming. Commentary talks so much about him playing to the crowd and that costing him at certain points. You're right. Uh, Nate says, did I miss news on the Owen? Thought announcements were coming after full gear. Looking uh, at what they do on, for uh, Winter's coming. Winter's yeah. coming. They made an announcement for an announcement for an announcement, which I yeah. hate. Yeah. Amir says T-Pain going to remix Cody's theme next. Well, yeah, let me tell you, not. a live performance couldn't be any worse than the one that, that I saw. Chris says, not going to lie, I did love it when he pulled out the sledgehammer and golden shovel. I, I hope he did it like, I hope he did it as a nod and a wink to Triple H instead of about Triple H, considering what Triple yeah. H has been through lately. I hope that's like a friendly gesture as opposed to like a, hey, 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 screw this guy thing. Right. Well, then it happened. The spot. A table set up in the ring. And then a hooded figure comes in the ring. 
It's Brandy. Why was she in a disguise? Why did she have to be in a disguise. Who was the big reveal? Like what? It's 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 Cody. Yeah, White. was she hurt at some point that it was like, and she's back? I I don't recall that. She's like, been I mean, back. She's been sitting yeah. in that first match with. But with it's our, her hometown. She works there. Yeah, yeah. Really, I figured I, she'd be at the show. Yeah. Well, Rivenblade says, enjoyed Cody taking me for a ride. I'm captivated. Hey, I'm captivated by all your humper chats and super chats. We are in the main event segment, the main event moment. So go ahead and get those in and leave us a thumbs up. Michael Keyes says, Cody plus fire equals still not a good guy. Agree? Oh, he's trying, buddy. He's, he, oh, that eventual promo material is going to be fire too. Because Cody Rhodes finishes Andrade with, quite frankly, a move that should finish some people anyway. An yeah. inverted superplex. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it's through a flaming table, and one yeah. of the embers falls off of Cody onto Andrade's chest. Yeah. Alex Palowski, what a breathtaking, unbelievable all-time spot on AEW Dynamite. Like I, I never expected to see a flaming table on AEW Dynamite ever. Nope, not me, not me either. I was just like, oh, they're really doing this. Um, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't, I, it, it was something like there was stuff on Twitter about the, the, the peeling stuff to maybe it's flame retardant, um, who like, we'll see. And when they, when, when, when Brandy showed up, I was like, oh, she's, she brought the lighter fluid, didn't she? And then she pulled it out and I was like, oh my God, we're really doing this. Yeah. Wrestling is nuts. Like just the idea, like I'm going <laughs> to, we're going to set a table on fire and then I'm going to voluntarily put myself back first through it like that's that's crazy uh, i mean this was this was everything that like it's, it's an old school crazy death match type of thing to do on for, on like regular cable tv robert uh we got a couple super chats ken shiro says cody or cody is four parallel universes ahead of us a golden shovel jack Jose, flaming table spot that match was a roller coaster and there's a lot of people that are talking about how this will affect the reaction. Uh, Mike Lima says crazy spot to end dynamite. It was a lightning rod for booze. The fiery table bump means the end of the Cody Lander gear. Uh, you've got Tremaine Perryman says the man was on fire and still pinned him. Why do uh, people boo Cody? I saw it on YouTube. Need to watch the show in full. Listen, sometimes when you want to be liked so much, you do. I, I'll tell you what. I experience it all the time. I want to be liked by everybody, and sometimes as a result, I do things that are incredibly self-unaware. Yeah. And as a result, people are like, "No, fuck you." Yeah. And that's what people are doing with Cody. They're like, "Oh, we see it, but fuck you." Yeah. Yes, but you know who does want to be booed, Sean? Brandy. Yeah, I got a question she for you guys. Because you guys are married, right? Alex, you, you, you daughter right yes i do how would you feel if your wife was like hey honey go ahead and go through fire even <laughs> though we got a kid at home here's the lighter fluid here's the table it's on fire the- <laughs> what, what's happening here like why would you want this yeah i, I mean it it did feel like it was with with it with with his consent but it would be kind of weird if Cody looked down and saw the table was on fire and said, Brandy, what are you doing? Like, it would have been so great. If was like, Cody's I like, wanted to turn it up a notch. He's like, well, I'm up here. I got to do it. I got to do it. Brendan says, the flaming table is shock value that fits the story of Cody desperately trying to get cheers. Got to love what AEW does. And Miguel, I think Brendan's absolutely right. 
Uh, Miguel says, when Andrade positioned himself for a moonsault, I was crossing my fingers. Cody at the crossroads through the table from the top rope. Also, I want to tell, talk about how breathtaking Andrade's split-legged moonsault oh, is. So beautiful. That is horrifying to watch in person. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Sawyer says, I don't care what people say. Cody had the, the crowd in the palm of his hands the whole match. Hometown or not, this match humped. Yes, it certainly did. Nerd Guru says, Cody essentially won the feud against both Black and Andrade. I really don't like that, especially since Cody can't challenge for the title. I mean, just because he can't challenge for the title doesn't mean he can't win feuds. I mean, this was to keep him out of that title picture, not to to bury him in the lower mid card at all. And he didn't Ta- beat Malachi Black more than Black beat him. He just yeah. happened to win at least once. Yeah. Jambeard says, I want to see Alex doing a tsunami through a burning table. Thanks, man. Rob. I don't. Am I the only like <laughs> decent human being here? What's happening? Only if Wade Barrett can call it. Tsunami! James Boris says, Step host, what are you doing with the flaming table? <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. <laughs> Don't get stuck underneath that thing. Nope. That's for sure. Brent Lockman says, Cody's back had me flipping through my PSW textbook trying to identify a skin condition, but I guess that was fireproofing? Madman. Yeah, guys, uh, 
sorry, I don't know what fireproof skin looks like. I don't exactly jump through burning things often, if ever, if I can help it. Uh, Michael Key says, so step host, where does Cody go next? I think somebody will, will step up and say, I'm challenging you. That's usually what happens. Like Malachi yeah. Black showed up and kicked him in the face. I, I don't I don't know where Cody was going to go before that. Like he, he beat up. He, he like it was one of those things where like, listen, QT Marshall decided to turn on his friend. That was why that that feud started. He doesn't really I gotta, kick anybody out. I got a good idea. And it's uh, into a segment that, that we didn't cover. Uh, Miro is yeah. feuding with Jesus Christ, who cannot yeah. hit a curveball, by the way. But um, Miro wants to fight God. And listen, if he can get God out of retirement for the first time since Backlash 2006, I've always regretted not going to Rep Arena to watch God wrestle. That would be great. I would also like to see Miro and Cody. Yeah. Um, this the, the, the promo from tonight with Miro just walking around in a purgatory-like white void like talking to talking to God, like, oh, now, now you've done it. Now you've really pissed me off. Like, it's just, I, I'm, I really am looking forward to seeing like how long they just keep him off TV for a while doing whatever he's doing until he comes back with a vengeance. Cause these kind of promos can really keep him heated up. Um, I'm uh, yeah, I, I would, I would love to see like, you know, like, you know, him coming after Cody uh, because Cody thinks he's God. Yeah, you know, like he's like, you, you think you are God, then I will destroy you. Yes. Um, yeah, also, Cody, unlike Miro, clearly has a loving wife, even though they both apparently have a penchant for wanting to see their husbands go through pain. Oh, no. Riven Blade says, Miro, step host. I'm stuck in purgatory. Help. Oh, no. Oh, no. Tyler says, crying watching Cody sacrifice his body in his home state. A-plus show tonight, and it set me up for a lot in the next coming weeks. There's a lot of, like, future story to emerge from this show. Some stupid punk says, yo, everybody, so what was that? Like a three out of five dynamite, maybe a four? Uh, but my guy Cody pinned a guy while he was on fire. What the hell? <laughs> Did everyone else hear Cody yell, lean in when he yeah. pulled out the golden yeah. shovel? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, he pulled the golden shovel and said, lean in. It was like, everybody's like, lean into it, Cody. Lean into it. Uh, Am I leaning in yet? <laughs> like he's got the I golden love it. shovel. Oh. oh, our friend Kelsey says, I'm still convinced Cody is an anamorph. Seriously, though, you three are rad. Hope you're having the best night. Thank well, you. I hope you're having the best night. It's been awesome running into you a lot lately. Uh, Jay Blood says, when will Miro offer Jesus a cigar and rum? Make it so. <laughs> I love it. Volob says, auto-tune in my soul. Something, something, Cody Rhodes. That's what T-Pain will say. Oh, gosh. Jambeard says, Alex, do a Miro promo on Step Host. <laughs> my Step Host! You think you can get away with this? You are standing between me and my love. Get out of my way, or I will move you out of my way. It's going to be hard to move a step host when they're stuck in a washing machine, in a window, underneath a chair, any number of those things. C says, it was great to see Denise ring announcing. Oh, I think you mean um, Dasha ring announcing tonight at AEW. Also, fight at TV app went down during the main event, so that was great. Uh, yes, it was good to see Dasha. Hope everything's good with Justin Roberts. They mentioned something about, uh, 
about him having time off for family or something mm-hmm. like that. So we hope everything's okay. Also, get well soon, Jim Ross. Uh, but guys, FightfulSelect.com, please subscribe. We were informed right before this that like four times as many accounts as normal uh, had their auto-renew turned off by Patreon for some reason. So uh, head over there. Please subscribe. I'm going to have a bunch of great news on Big Swole, on WWE contracts, on all kinds of things at FightfulSelect.com. Alex, they can find you there as well. Yes, uh, you can find me on Fightful Select uh, doing uh, twice weekly. This week, thrice weekly uh, uh, reviews of Raw, SmackDown, and uh, as as an alternative to the regular Fightful post-show for War Games, uh, which we have determined is now called Battle Frolic. It is because uh, it's if it's not if it's not William Regal, it's not War Games. Uh, me and Kate Hensler will be doing uh, the hashtag Team Kalex after party on Fightful Select, uh, which should be a lot of fun. So come hang out with us there or hang out with Sean and Denise, whatever, you know. Robert, what do you got going on? I'm completely objective, so you should hang out with both of them because you have the time to do that. <laughs> and you can follow me everywhere at Dude Felice and check me out every day on Fightful.com and follow me on Twitter to see where I'm talking into this microphone outside of this. Guys, thank you all so so much uh, i appreciate you guys we had our biggest month for web traffic youtube um audio any number of things select this month uh, or november uh we hope to keep growing that thank you all uh, i had dropped an interview this weekend with dan Housen. make sure you guys check that out dropped one with caprice coleman that went under the radar an awful lot Boy, that was a good one. We talk about him facing CM Punk back in the day. We talk about enhancement stuff uh, in, in WWE and TNA. We talk about the future of Ring of Honor and what he he sees there. We talked about Qatar Pro Wrestling. Like, if you ever look at the, the lineups for those, you're going to be like, how do they get all these people? A lot of money, that's how. Hmm. And we talk about that. Thank you guys so much. Please leave a thumbs up. Until next time, we're out. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.